This episode of Size Matters is brought to you by Mini and Demi's Day Spa and Salon. When the stresses of your life start to take their toll on your body and your mind is screaming for an escape, then a visit to Mini and Demi's is just what you need to recuperate. Massages, paw services, skin, fur, and scale care, we have it all. And unlike other spas, at Mini and Demi's you won't be served by just one or two employees, but a whole team of micros who will attend to your every need. Relax while a pair of one-foot-tall masseurs knead and stretch your muscles, able to reach places you never knew you had tension in. Or prop up your paws while ten tiny pedicurists clean and trim your claws with pinpoint precision only they can provide. Our staff is specially trained to work with all sizes and body types, and we guarantee you'll leave feeling completely refreshed or your money back. Mini and Demi's Day Spa and Salon. Small furs, massive pampering. This week on Size Matters, after journeying through the center of the earth, we come out the other side to talk with Singapore macro fur Jane Fullest, who shares knowledge of the mysterious exotic Asian art form known as Japanese live-action special effects TV shows, a genre which definitely has its share of macro content in it. We also take some time to each talk about our own characters and just why we are who we are. It only takes three macros to prove that, yes, it is indeed a small world after all, here on Size Matters. Hey everyone, welcome to Size Matters, episode 6. Yay! It's Monday, August the 19th, 2013, and we are still plugging along weekly. We've, I can't believe we've made six of these already. It seems like we yeah. just got started. Yeah, so far nothing's blown up because things happen with me and derps and stuff and the important Yay. word being the important phrase there being so far. No, I'm I'm a uh, I'm Kwandi Bashir, your host, and joining me here is big old Chirpzilla. Hi. Kinson Shimobi. Kinson Shimobi. See, I took I took the Chirpzilla that time so that you wouldn't say it. Yes, Obi Wan Shinobi, actual service. And we also have uh, joining us from the other side of the little old globe from from where Kinson and I are. Uh, from Singapore, we have Jane joining us. Hi, Jane. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. Good morning. It's very early in the morning. Yes, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's morning? Yeah. It's really? 7.49 a.m. from the future. Yes, exactly. Oh, so, so you can tell us, uh, you'll give us the heads up whenever the, the macros come and, and start the apocalypse. There are no jetpacks and there are no flying cars yet. Are there at least no. hoverboards? Not yet. Nope. They like. <sighs> we have to go. No, we don't have to go back. We have to go forward. Never mind. I think that's the second week in a row we've we've had a Back to the Future reference in the intro. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Fun times. Okay, but uh, yeah. So I guess uh, just for people, I know we talked a little bit about. Uh, Jane, last week uh, I mentioned him in the macro facts segment, but 
I know. Can you go ahead, Jane, and just tell us a, a little bit for those of you who may not be familiar, those of our listeners out there who may not be familiar with you? Hi, so I'm from Singapore. I've been around for a while. I play a purple Espeon character, the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm from Singapore, a tiny island in the equator, near the equator. Tiny island with, with all those those macros, or at least that's what you were trying to convince. Actually, uh... Singapore is not tiny. The landmass of Singapore is the same area as that of the United States. Right. Just that people here are really big. So it looks tiny. <laughs> See, and I was tell I was trying to tell to give it to tell that uh, to Kenson and Tyrion last week, and 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 they just kind of I think they went over their heads. Dragon chirp go rah rah what lol stomp? <laughs> we don't understand. <laughs> the conversions and things just kind of. Yep. <laughs> we didn't get it, but we're gonna learn it now. So. <laughs> but as far as your involvement in uh, the. Kind of the macro community or whatever, uh, Jane. You know, you've, I know you've been, kind of around probably longer than than I have. Where, where, how did you get started as uh, someone who has been in in this community? I got started on a furry muck, like mm-hmm. long, long time ago, where muds and mucks were the thing, and there was no MSN. Hotmail was Gmail. And Yahoo is still cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, quick question, real fast, because uh, I'm the young in here, and I I really should know what it is, but gosh dang it, I'm just ugh, I don't know things. What's a muck? I'm probably gonna get all kinds of muck thrown at me for asking that, but I just I never really have known what it is, because I kind of do and I kind of don't, because I hear people talking about it all the time. But... It's sort of like IRC. Okay. So it's just yeah. like an IRC chat room board it's thing? A, it's like a tech... Instead of rooms, you have like... It's a, it also works on a room basis, but you have like... Textual descriptions and you... It's like a text-based roleplay environment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Does Muck stand for anything? Or is Multiplayer it just chat kingdom. Multiplayer dungeon. Oh. Okay. Yep. I learned something today. Yay! Okay. Well, and I know that Kenson, you've been—you uh, know, got started with Lava Dome Five. Yeah, Five uh, Banks Muck. Yeah, Five Banks Muck. That's what I was about to say. I know that's—that's that's probably where I first heard of Muck. I'd never been really yeah. involved with him either. But see, I—I I, I was and I am, but I never really knew what it was. So yeah, that's—and—and and I think that I think was it uh, Sylvan that talked about getting involved in Mux as well, or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, it was Sylvan and Tyrion, both. They both? Um, okay. So basically, yeah, it, it seems like, you know, a lot of the people who've been in, with the macro community, macro-micro community, oh, for over probably five years, have been people that uh, at some point experienced a Muck. Mm-hmm. It's just like a big, giant... <laughs> uh, just chat room and things, I guess. I just, I never really knew what it was, but I was a part of it, so. Meh. But that's awesome, because, yeah, Five Banks Muck was the first Muck I've heard of, and now that uh, I know that you, Jane, have been a part of a Muck, too, it's like, yay, all the Muck. Because that's uh, like. Muck is like the easiest place to hang out, because it's just purely text based, compared mm-hmm. to stuff like other. Like Second mm-hmm. Life, for example, it's a bit limiting in Second Life. Right. Oh. And Mucks are easier to maintain. 
Okay. Okay, so, yeah, I've never played Second Life. I guess it's like more casual, more immersive, since it's just text-based. It, it lets you... It's, it's kind of like working with a, a paper-and-pen RPG versus a you know video game RPG. The paper-and-pen RPG gets, gives you a chance to use your imagination more, and, and you can really go, go nuts, uh, as yeah. opposed to something like, like a, a video game RPG where you're much more restrained. Yeah, it's always yeah. linear as much as it tries not to be. What do you think, and, and, and we're talking about it almost enough to make it its own topic, but Yay. we won't do that yet, maybe maybe down the road, but but real quick, what do you think yeah. was what uh, what led to Mux being, you know, their, their, their decline? Hmm. Instant messaging. Oh, yep. That so, makes sense. You know, Skype, and I guess before Skype, yep. you had MSN and, and, and AIM. That's the um, thing about Mux is that everyone locks on to one central place and it's mm. not every it's not always that there'll be people you know that are on whereas for instant messaging you have people you know who you can check whether they're on you can just talk to them directly gotcha mm -hmm. what yeah. and so it's, i mean you're saying instant messaging i mean i if you're talking about 10 years ago with when mux were being kind of big i mean things like aim were, were there uh, aol instant messaging and yeah, you know, I guess maybe Skype wasn't quite as big, or MSN wasn't quite as big, but those existed. But when you think about it, things like uh, you know chat rooms, even outside of Mux, which I guess it sounds like Mux is just a, a, a specialized type of a chat room, but but chat rooms have declined also in the past five years. I don't see very many people on any kind of chat room apart from maybe like a live stream or, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love live stream, but I have to say like. I kind of miss, and I, I I think I really miss the whole chat room phase because when I first started, actually, like when I first got a device that I actually could, like it was my personal device I could get on the internet all the time and do stuff. I was 17. It was an iPod Touch. I never had my own actual computer until, well, quote unquote computer until that. So I know I miss the uh, IRC muck and chat room days by pretty much a long shot. But I kind of wish they were still around, and well, they are, but as much. Because <laughs> when it comes to instant messaging and like Skype and things, I really crave to do like a big, gigantic, stompy role play that's in depth. But when it comes to instant messaging and like even texting and things, it, it really seems like it's you just you can get in depth with it, but to get the other person to get in depth with it, it's like it's almost a challenge. But it's like you both are there to talk more than just RP unless you say so. So I just really want to role play, but it seems like it's just I've been starving. Just all the stomps. I want to write another story. <laughs> so I, I think that's what wow. Five Banks Muck and all the other mucks were about. Like you just get into a room with a whole bunch of people and you talk to one or more and you just start making a story and it's open ended and people are there to do that as opposed to, well, you do just chat too probably, but you know, more one sided towards role playing, I guess. I guess in a mark, everyone is in character. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Kenson, you have an iPod. You started off with an iPod Touch. You're so lucky. <laughs> Say what? I had to sneak up at 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. when I was like 16, 15 to use the computer. Aww. And it was yeah, like it's... the family computer? Yeah. Yep, and I had to like. And, and, I, and I had to mysteriously explain why the internet was so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of the same with me. Whenever I went to my mamaw's house, my grandma, uh, my mamaw and papaw's house, I always was able to go on the computer. So that was like, oh, 
And that's actually, truthfully, how I found the fandom first. Like, I was 13. On your Graham Graham's computer? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I wasn't able to get on my own computer. So I'm like, okay, well, I do it at Mamaw's. And that's when I first came across the fandom, truthfully. So, yay, Mamaw, I love you. And that's honestly one of the things is someone who has come into the fandom as an adult and not as a, as a teenager who wasn't really involved in as a teenager. It's one of those kind of experiences that I you know, kind of missed of, of having to to maybe be a little bit more sneaky about it. Now, now granted, <laughs> as a teenager, well. there were definitely things that I was sneaky about yeah. <laughs> on uh, computer-wise, oh, gosh, and things that I got caught mm-hmm. with uh, computer-wise as well, but it's not, uh, not furry stuff. I yeah. was never really computer-savvy until I hit about... 16 or 17, too. Because, I mean, I, I love... Well, no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't. Because I used to play the heck out of video games. Like, we talked about the macro games on an earlier episode. I was just... I would always play those and things. So mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, video games and things, yes, I was completely savvy. But when it comes to an actual computer, I wasn't. Because I didn't have my own device. Yeah. So whenever I would do things that were sneaky, it was more or less video game related. As opposed to furry or macro related, So. And the problems I had, you know, I was computer savvy as a teenager, but both my parents were civil engineers, so they were very computer savvy as well. I couldn't, I couldn't use the so the whole. They knew. They yeah, knew. they knew how to look. We at know what you've been and, up to, and things like that. Young panda paws. Uh. Young padawan. <laughs> Gosh, who was it that said that? Sorry. Because, uh. like, on Twitter, um, just as a random thing, the whole padawan thing. Who was it? I, I can't remember. I don't recall it's anyone so... saying that. Oh, well, I thought you were tagged in it, but it was like there's a conversation. I was like Obi Wan Shinobi says this because it was like oh, between Noms and the SSX things, like you have much to wor- learn, young Padawan. And then was it Big Dragonian? He was like Padawan. <laughs> so P-A-W. maybe I, I don't remember this conversation at all. Okay, sorry. Tangents are fun. <laughs> So I guess that gives us a good opportunity to go ahead and move to our uh, next, uh, to our first topic, I guess, uh, unless you want to count the 10 minutes we've talked about Mux topic as being 1. a topic. Topic 1.5. Yeah. Uh, and, and that would be Japanese uh, live action, uh, th- I think the term you used for it was special effects shows, Jane. And, awesome and, shows. And, and, and how, uh, macro, uh, how much macro influence there is in there. Actually, yes, when I was four, I still remember this, when I was four, I got a VHS tape of my neighbor, and it was of Ultraman. <laughs> okay. And I think that started off the macro thing for me. That's hmm. starting pretty early. Yeah. yeah. So basically, Ultraman was this superhero character that the main character transforms into to fight giant monsters. Basically, a giant, a giant guy in spandex. <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with it. Even if you're four years old and are suddenly getting all these weird feelings about, you know, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not four, but, okay. but maybe it wasn't really bit. weird feelings because four years old is still. Yeah, that's, that's why I said maybe not that, maybe not quite that young. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the whole live-action movies like that, I actually didn't really know about Ultraman until we kind of started talking about it a little more. I mean, I'd, I'd seen clips of it, but I didn't really know what it was. The thing that started it off for me with the live-action movies like that, because 
around age six, I was actually role-playing as Godzilla. And it was actually because of those movies. Like, um, all the way back in 1956, I believe, was the year the first Gojira, quote-unquote, movie came out in uh, Japan. And then since then, they had made upwards of, like, in the teens of movies of of Godzilla and then Ghidorah and um, Rodan and others. So... All of those types of movies are the same style. It's the um, live action um, with special effects. And that's kind of how yep. it started for me, too. Because Godzilla is still... Godzilla still has probably the deepest part of my macro heart. <laughs> just, yeah. just ensuring that we have every episode Kinson talks about Godzilla. Yes! <laughs> I'm sorry! Hey, I'm sorry! He's like... He's still my best friend on the inside. So, I don't know. Because... That's where it started with me. Like, what about you, Panda Paws? Did any of those movies start with you, or? No, I've I've not really been familiar. I don't know much of a history with any of those kind of movies myself. Okay. So, like, what about Ultraman? Besides the fact that he's huge and wearing spandex, I guess. Like, what's the history with it? Uh, besides that, Jane. Like, do you have like, like, do you are you a huge, <laughs> huge fan, or do you like, you know, just remember a few things? Well, it's still ongoing, actually. They're still making new series. How really? long has it been going new for? Shows. What? It's, yeah. It started in 1966. Wow. Oh, first wow. One. So, that's so actually... almost 50 years so that's now. way back. Yep. Yeah. Basically, I guess, because yeah. Ultraman is more humanoid than monster movies, mm-hmm. they actually have a, human, a human-like character. So I guess it, it's more... Macro, micro for me than say Godzilla or other giant monsters. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not like just a big stumpy monster. It's something yeah, more. It's, ex- it's basically like a giant person. Yeah, like a, like a you know as a person, it's way more of the anthro style, of course, since it's humanoid. Sure. And it'd be like personality. It'd be like yep. thinks logically, not just rah rah stop rah rah. Yep, so more more of an anthro and less of an animal, basically. Okay. Actually, That's on cool. that point, I should like to say that uh, I think a lot of special effects shows have macro, micro elements. Like, even in the American Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's yes. one of those things that most, probably oh most of gosh, our audience yeah. in, in the United States, at least, would uh, be familiar with those kind of shows. It's from Power Rangers. Yeah, because, I mean, they all get together, like in every single series. They each have a part of a giant mech. And then they get together and they fight monsters every now and then. So... Fantastic, the whole Voltron thing. <laughs> but not quite Voltron, Power Rangers. Now, what was the, and this is something I've looked up, but I've forgotten. What is the original show that became Power Rangers in the U.S.? Like, I know it was a different name in Japan. In Japan, it's not just one show. It's like a genre as well. It's called Sentai, or like Fighting Team. But at Basically, least... Basically, like, instead of a singular hero, you have a group of heroes, mm-hmm. and they work together to fight the monsters of the day. But okay. I thought the original, the very first one, the one that was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the, I guess, in the mid-90s here in the United States, was based off, was, like, actual footage from a specific show. Yep, it was. It was actually based off Zeo Ranger, which was a dinosaur-based Sentai mm-hmm. series. Yep. Okay. So they had... Your dinosaur Zords, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like... Zordon who was it. Zordon was a 
purely American thing. Wait a minute. Zoran? That guy in the tube. The face in the tube. Oh! Oh, okay, because I was about to say that. Tiny teenagers of attitude. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Zoran is. <laughs> well, I was never really able to watch Power Rangers as a kid because my parents were, you know, I wasn't able to watch it because it was violent, and my parents, you know, they do love me, and I do know that, so they were protecting me, and I'm very thankful for that. But now I look back at it, and I'm like, I kind of really wish I would have watched it. Like I was allowed to watch it. Um, but the name Zoran did strike me because I'm like, wait a minute, I recognize that name. Yeah, it's the guy with the or the cube face thingy. And you know, I, I always thought that I was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the first one that, that came here. That was a little bit past my time. But looking at the dates, I mean, I would have only been eight years old when it started. So I don't know why I never watched to uh, watch that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just never. It was it wasn't something that I ever really got into for you know for some reason. I never really saw any of the episodes, and, mm. and the and the. Maybe that was even as a kid, I was being a little bit of a hipster and, and thinking that, oh, it's, it's popular, I don't want to like oh, it. Oh, it's too mainstream. <laughs> yes, exactly. But now hipsters are mainstream, so now if you're not a hipster, you're now a hipster. I know. Mine go... <laughs> so, <laughs> but, like, one of my favorite things about just, like, now when I watch Power Rangers, it's so downright cheesy, it's amazing, first off. And then second off, the fact that they have giant monsters in every one, I mean, you know... Scritch the scritch the macro side, just yay! Because Dino Thunder was actually one of my favorites. Because who doesn't love dinosaurs that are about you know five times bigger than usual, uh, helping save the world and then join together to make an even bigger mech and do stuff? So I don't know. But Jane, would you say that one of the appeal of of this type of show would be kind of the I like the cheesiness is almost is almost one of the things that that makes it appealing. It's so cheesy. Yep. It's good. It's the entire genre is called special effects, so you you get the full load of special effects. Right. Like two mm-hmm. D lightning. <laughs> Lasers. Yes. They are like a pen line drawn across the screen. Pyrotechnics. Yes, pyrotechnics explosions. Yes. Those were oh, awesome. Gosh. Ugh. Yeah, it's like. With Power Rangers, there's that, but then, like, with uh, even the movies like Ultraman and um, uh, Ghidorah and Gojira and things, like, when one of their paws comes down and stomps on a building, like, all the pyrotechnics just... I was like, yay! <laughs> and it's one of those things that, you know, it you, you kind of can tell that it's not mm-hmm. big budget, it's not really realistic but it's wait it's not big budget really it's fun yeah exactly that's oh the irony and i think that's when you know we were talking before the before we started recording about uh pacific rim being kind of a if not an homage at least taking a lot very very much inspired by these type Mm. of shows with with the the mechs and and the the monsters and and just the Mm -hmm. visual uh you know, funness, I guess, for lack of a better term. That's the really For your term. viewing pleasure, here's yeah. a bunch of giant well, monsters and giant Jaegers. The studio that did Pacific Rim will be doing Godzilla 2014. What? Oh, Legendary that? Pictures. The studio that did Pacific Rim oh. is the studio doing Godzilla 2014. Yes! I know! Oh it is, it's the same okay, studio? I can't wait! Oh. <laughs> 
I'm going to die waiting for that movie. Hmm. But to keep up with a six-episode streak of talking about Pacific Rim and or the new Godzilla movie. I, I want to say there was an, an episode where we didn't talk about Pacific Rim. I know we've talked no. about Godzilla every episode. Like, but... ask, really? Oh, well, I think we talked about Godzilla instead, though. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well. But, like, you were talking about Ultraman. I actually remember uh, Jaguar. That's what I thought. Yeah, Jet Jaguar. It's yeah. This, Ultraman is the same kind of character, except Jet Jaguar is a cyborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was yeah. like, wait a minute, Jet Jaguar is like that. Huh. Jet Jaguar is cool. So what makes what makes Jaguar different besides being a cyborg? I mean, is is that just the big thing? <laughs> the big thing, yes. <laughs> well, he's he's, uh, he's equally sized, uh, probably a little shorter, I think, actually, than Godzilla and some of the other monsters. But he is strictly humanoid. Like, imagine someone built a a robot and made it 250 feet tall and had it. Basically, I think what Jet Jaguar is. I don't know much of his backstory. I'll need to go and research it and things, but. He's basically something that people, that scientists made to combat the kaiju. And so, you know, basically, I don't know if he's remote controlled or something, but he's a 250 foot tall cyborg robot android thing that is supposed to fight off the kaiju. So he came in as a character a little later on, I think, or I'm not really sure. I don't know details. I don't know details. But I, I thought of that when he was talking about Ultraman. So, this is cute. I think Jet Jaguar and Ultraman are like, in design-wise, they are made to be very similar because mm-hmm. the colorings, the silver and red, etc. Yeah, it's so sleek. Yep. It's like a bullet. It's like, I will come at you and I will pounce you and I will <laughs> roll around and I will... <laughs> so, they definitely made him look cool. <laughs> All shiny. And I know one of the other ones that, that when you were talking about that, it made me think of what Jane, you were mentioning yesterday, I believe, about Evan, Evangelion. Evangelion? Am I pronouncing that yep. right? Um, but because, then we're moving into anime. And that is, yeah, that is a little more anime, which I know I was saying that we were trying to focus more on the live action stuff here. but Coming soon to a podcast near you. Maybe. That's another one of those oh, ones gosh, where we we'll to. definitely have to have Sorry. another guest because I'm not very familiar with anime, anime stuff either. Well, just to tease you guys, Evangelion has lots of Macro micro teens in it. <sighs> macro micro teens? Like Yep, like lots of micro micro teens. Oh gosh. It's called Evangelion? Yep. I must watch this. I must. The Christian imagery is not the main focus, it's just a background thing. Okay. Well, I've never heard of it, so I definitely am gonna have fun watching it, especially if it is big and stompy. And things like, I was actually saying this, uh, where was I, I was in a Skype call with Eco Moon, and, uh, and a few others, and I had said, basically, like, why are there no, like, any shows out there, but, you know, probably an animated show would be best for it, but why is there no anime that just is all furry and everything we like to do? For example, Macro Micro. I guess Evangelion is close, but... Well, I don't no, know Evangelion it's... is not furry. Oh, it's not. Ah, okay. See, you get one, and the get one or the other. <laughs> you never get both of them. Well, there uh, are animes that have furry characters, like exclusively yes. furry characters. But are there Kikashi, any with, yeah. with macros? No, they don't have macros in it. Yeah, that's the thing. I know that drives me crazy. I think that uh, one of the old Thundercats episodes. Megan furry. <laughs> that's not that's not exactly anime, but uh, you know, Thundercats had a yes. Some, some sort of macro-micro involvement. I remember looking at it 
before. Doesn't Lionel get shrunk? That may have been it, yeah. Yeah. It's a little, that was a little before my time, so I was just going off of what I researched. <laughs> Gosh. I know one of the other shows that uh, Jane, you and I think when we were very first when we were very first talking about the subject, probably a couple weeks ago. Uh, I forget the name of the the series, but there was like a couple of different series from them, um, with the two uh, the two guys that can kind of like at some point merge together. What was that series that we're Wonder talking Twins? about? Wonder Twins. No, it's not Wonder Twins. Merge together. Yeah, the. I just remember you 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 sending me the the YouTube video of. It was like kind of like a exploring the sexual tension between the two guys. That's Kamen Rider, Kamen which Rider? is another, which is another. It's like Power Rangers, but instead of a group of heroes, you have only one hero. Well, I thought wasn't it a? It was a a duo, though, wasn't there? Weren't there two of them? Yeah, but you have one hero. Because they cause they because, because they formed together. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Ah, okay. Now, does that have? Uh, does that kind of fit within the subject of having... Is that live action or is that animated? That's live action. Okay. But does it also have the kind of the, the macro I, I, macro involvement? I thought I saw some of that from from what you were had linked to me before, but I wasn't sure. Kamen Rider doesn't really have macro-micro involved. There's only one of them that has the ability to become giant. Hmm. But that's like that's one, in a, one, in, one in a series of many. Ultraman is the giant hero okay. genre. Kamen Rider is, is like Iron Man, basically. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. King yeah, Dead would and... love Ultraman. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he probably knows about it. Yes. And Power Rangers is the group of heroes fighting. Yes. Um, so besides the group of heroes and the giant hero, and the other types, like, are there any other macro-micro live-action? Maybe not even so much in action, but like... I, I don't really know what I'm asking for, but like, are there any other type of macro-micro live-action stuff, I guess, that you guys can think of? I'm not sure if there's like any... No. <laughs> like a soap than... opera? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> no. There is well... a show called Minami no Koibito, which is a girl who is tiny by nature. Oh. She's tiny for the majority of the show itself. Okay. That means yep. she was just born that way? Like, how tiny? Basically, Deus Ex happened, and she's tiny, and she goes through the entire show tiny. Oh. How, how tiny How tiny would she be? Are we talking, like, inches tall? or Inches or... Inches thing? tall. Okay. Aww! My gosh, I just want to snuggle! And it's live <laughs> action, and it's... It's a drama series, I think. Okay. So, okay, so there is a... Yes! There's hope! Because I was thinking, it can't just be all action and stompy, because yes, we all love giant paws and giant stomps and things with action and explosions, and yes, but, you know, also for us, we're kind of like, you know, tone it down and pull it into like a drama or a romance or something. Like, I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure if there was anything out there like that, but lo and behold, yay! There's also this series that, like, does creepy or dark and gritty takes on children's stories. Okay. They basically like do four episodes per story. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've heard the of several shows that have The segment like... they did for Tumbelina is a okay. drama that takes place in modern times. Okay. Hmm. Well, I definitely probably should check that out too because from the sound of it, it's really interesting. So... Basically, the synopsis is a crazy, psychotic, creepy girl shrinks a guy she likes. 
<laughs> oh gosh. Yep. I just oh goodness. <laughs> um speaking of shrinking slash shrink rays and things, I'm sure I just heard a Beharit's ears perk. <laughs> but like I, I I can't remember if we ever talked about this, but honey I shrunk the kids. Well or... yeah, that's I think we were gonna talk more about that when we get yeah. to the whole shrinking and, and growth in uh Disney. Oh, okay. Well, it's just just to tight uh, touch lightly on it. It's actually pretty much the same thing. I mean, or honey, we shrunk ourselves or something. Is that another one? Because it's like that was that was the TV show they did, or no, okay. that was a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that one, I mean, they're literally. I mean, I I remember seeing this one. This I have this one clip in my mind of that movie where they're climbing up the back of a chair and they're not even as big as the strands of fiber or the, the strands of like whatever the back of the chair is of and they're like climbing up it so they're like they're like tenths of inches tall or something in that movie they're extremely tiny because they were able to hitch a ride in bubbles and they were able to like ride on the back of a bumblebee and things so in that one they were extremely tiny and that's another one of those live action movies which the special effects are more um well, it's, it's, it's a bigger budget. I mean, it's yeah. you know, it's <laughs> it's the Walt Yay, Disney Studios that are putting the, the full weight of, of that company behind them. So it's it's not it's not exactly really a fair thing to make a comparison with because it's kind of it's apples and oranges almost. Yeah, it's true. But it's still, I mean, it's one of those types of movies where it's live action and yeah. it's big and huge. I think we can talk about more of that when we do talk about uh, Disney because I know that's that is a subject I want to definitely get yeah. into is. Shrinking and growth and and micro and macro in in Disney and we films do a whole and podcast all on Disney that. stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, do it next time. Shh. That wasn't a sneak peek. That wasn't a sneak peek at all, by the way. <laughs> well, I've gone ahead and posted some links in the Skype chat. <laughs> yeah, I saw that with the the Mina, Minami Kun Kubito. Kubito. Oh, cool. Has a little uh, picture of, of Minami the, uh, no Kubito. So wait, Kobe Minami's doesn't. girlfriend is the one who is shrunk down. Minami's actually no, no. The... Minami herself is shrunk down. So well, she's this, shrunk. The picture says Minami's boyfriend is girlfriend. normal size. Hmm. Okay, I so Minami is the girl. Yep. I is okay. not educated in this. Oh, uh, okay. Too. I see. It says it's also known. That's the title of it. Is also known as Minami's girlfriend. But wait, that doesn't make any sense if Minami's the girl. Anywho, well, does I think not that... know anything. Oblivious teeth. <laughs> I think that. Uh, you know, that we've we've kind of given a good kind of overview of that. Do you have any other thing, any other shows that you would want to bring up regarding uh, you know Japanese uh, special effects genre? Uh, well, there is the we've done Godzilla. Mm-hmm. We've yes. done yeah. Other than Godzilla, there are a few giant monster shows that feature other main character monsters. I just can't remember the name now, but there was one that featured a giant turtle-like creature that was more child-friendly. A turtle. Yep. Oh wait a minute! Is uh? It starts with it's a not Y. Not Angarius, probably. Yeah. Is it? And Mothra has its own series. Yeah, Mothra does. It's not Angarius, though, is it? Angarius. No. Uh, no, and I don't not. know. He's not a turtle. But I think Angarius is a. Uh... Gosh, what is he? Is an armadillo? I think. Oh, it's Gamera. I think. Oh, Gamera! Oh, that's right, Gamera! My gosh, yes! I remember watching Gamera as a kid. And he's a, he's not a huge destructive macro, if I remember right. He's more of the gentle type. But people have gotten the wrong idea about him, basically. So, yep. 
Yeah, Gamera is a cute units. story. <sighs> kind of like the mighty Joe Young of the kaiju. Yep. Basically. One last thing. There was an American-made Ultraman series. There was? There was. Okay. What, when was it it's made? It's called Ultraman Powered. P-O-W-E-R-E-D. Okay, Powered. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's American-made. I think it's still available in America. It's in English. Okay. Awesome. And it has the whole, you know, giant hero thing and macro-micro. <laughs> Yay! That was actually one that was produced in the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone needs and there to was a... one that is produced in Australia. Yeah, the Towards the Future. Yep. Oh, wow. Towards the Future, the main character is Ultraman Great. His suit is actually more spandex. <laughs> very, very spandex. Now with 40% more spandex. Yep. It's like, Whereas why Ultraman not more Powered spandex? Had, like, rubber armor. Why not Zoidberg? It's interesting that it says that uh, at least the ultimate, he- uh, the the power, the one you're talking about, that's produced in the United States, actually was never broadcast in the United States. Hmm. Oh, oh, that's wow. wait, what? It was produced in the U.S. but not broadcast. Yet. Yeah, I, I don't know where well, it would have been broadcast then. I guess if it, would they have flick. brought it back to the Japan? Huh. It was dubbed in Japan and it was broadcasted okay. in Singapore as well, but it was in English. In Japan, I think it was read up back into Japanese. Yeah, because it says it says it was in English and Japanese, so it probably was like in okay. I- any of the English countries, like Singapore, uh, hmm. it would have been broadcast there in English, and then in, back yep. in Japan in, in Japanese. So that's hmm. actually a question I have for you: is is you know, in Japan this is obviously a lot more cultural based to their to, to that culture. Do you get in in Singapore uh, being a at least within the same region? Uh, maybe not that close since you know you're a lot closer to the equator. But do you get a lot of that kind of uh, a lot more cultural crossover from Japan because of that? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. It's a whole like I guess it's probably a bit oversimplifying it, but there's like the Eastern culture block thing mm-hmm. versus okay. the Western culture block thing. So there's its worlds collide basically somewhere. Well, it's, and Singapore is one of those kind of really interesting countries where you're kind of in between the two because, you know, for, for much of, you know, before Singapore was independent, it was a colony of, of the United Kingdom, correct? Yep, correct. And, and so you probably have a lot of that influence of, of both Western and, and Eastern cultures from, from what I've understood. And we were, we were occupied by the Japanese for a while during sure, World War II. Sure, before World War II, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Okay. And I guess that's also sort of true of thing of, of like Hong Kong. It's probably... Yeah, that, that's kind of the same kind of idea I have of both uh, of Singapore and Hong Kong, although I know that they're very different politically, mm-hmm. at least, uh, yes. that that they have, they're both countries with a really strong uh, Western influence, but also very, very Eastern in, in nature as well. Well, yeah, there's we only one way to find out the true nature of it. Come on, let's go ahead and stretch. We're head on over. The Pacific Ocean's so deep and wide. But though. hey, you can ride on my shoulders. Okay. If you want to. Or somewhere else. We could probably reach over and like high five in between or something. Yeah. Yes, we so could do. It. Oh my gosh. We need to do that sometime. We need to come up with our own handshake <laughs> and smile for the satellites. Nah. So, I actually do want to visit Singapore. Truthfully, um, I want to go and visit the world, like in general, like key places. And Singapore is definitely one of them because every time I just hear the name Singapore, I'm like, that's interesting. And, like, nothing is even brought up about it, but I'm just like, that's interesting. Yeah. Let's talk more. So, I would love to come visit. 
Well, <laughs> except except that in what a month, Jane, you'll be moving to to, to the United Kingdom. To United Kingdom. Yes, former colonial powers. Yes. Okay. Well, still, we'll go and leave our marks there. There is another macro in Singapore. His name is Dark Lurker. Okay. Dark wait, a Dark Lurker. Dragon. Yep, he's a dragon. Black yeah. Dragon. Dark Lurker. Are you serious? Yep. No yep. way. <laughs> okay, we need to go down there and visit Dark because I know Dark. I've never actually really talked to him, but I know him and Rogue are good, uh, like really good friends. And has he? He's probably flown up to several cons, right? Yep, I would he has. Imagine. He has this gigantic, elaborate fursuit. <laughs> yes, I know. It's 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 over the top and it's amazing. Dark Lurker definitely has an awesome suit. But I didn't know he was from Singapore. That's fantastic. I'm gonna need to go down and visit him. So someone should warn him um, that there's about to be seven or more earthquake Richter scales or what? Seven or more. On the Richter scale, earthquakes. There, there we go. go. Coming his way. And if you visit no. Singapore, you have to pass the durian test. Mm-hmm. You have to do is what? Is Singapore like... Huh? What, what, what you was have it? to pass the durian test. Oh. Oh, okay. A durian but... is a fruit that looks like an alien's egg. <laughs> what? Huh. Durian. D- D-U-R-I-A-N. It's a fruit. I gotta look mm. this up now. Gosh. I've never heard of that of that fruit. It's, Ew, it's, I don't want to eat that. It looks like wait a, a minute, it's, wait a minute. Durian. It's basically like a spike ball yeah, of green. Wait a minute. I think it, I know what you're talking about. I love it how the topic just flipped the fruit. This yeah, is awesome. it, it, it it looks like a sea urchin to me. Oh, I know what you're talking about then, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you visit Singapore, you have to eat that. Yeah, I know what those are. Do do you have I mean you don't eat the 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 skin, right? You eat what's inside. You don't. Right. You eat what's inside. Okay. It's cactus fruit. <laughs> uh, not quite the same. Yeah. But, oh, cactus fruit is good, though. Dragon fruit. All right. Well, I think that we can go ahead now. We've, we've kind of you know, exhausted the subject of, of the, the, the the special effects shows and, and macro micro content in there. And the next thing I think we want to talk about today, the second segment, or 2.5, if you will, we kind of been getting a lot of the questions about... Uh, uh, more about us uh, and, and kind of why we chose the the characters to represent us or the species to represent us. The you know K- Kenson as a cheetah, uh, myself as a as a red panda, yeah. and even Jane as a as an espion. We were kind of wanting to talk a little bit about the the mindset, uh, I guess that that led to those choices. All right, guys, flip into philosophical mode. Let's do this. What makes you, you? Why are you the way you are? Why did you pick that species and or born that species? And, and we've talked a, you know, a lot about uh, what maybe may have brought us into being macro yes. fans or micro fans. And so that, that, that area has kind of been covered. But uh, yep. more specifically on the, the type of character, not just uh, you know, mm-hmm. independent of being a macro, uh, yes. what led to that character being us. Yep, yep. Um... So, would you like to throw lots to see who goes first, or...? I guess Quandry should go first, uh, because yes, he has, like, I him three characters. Well, okay. Big so, I should probably it. explain a little bit about that, since I've kind of talked a little bit about it. I, I, as Jane was saying, I do kind of have three different characters that I consider a little bit <laughs> to represent me a little bit, at least. 
the, I still the main, miss your tiggy tail. Well, the main one is, is is Quandry, the red panda. That's the the character that I have fell, felt I feel closest to, mm -hmm. uh, even though it's not the character I've had for the longest. I've only I've only been representing myself as Quandry for a few months now, but it's one that is is you know Quandry I feel is very outgoing and playful, which is the kind of personality the side of my personality that I'm wanting to portray more and the kind of personality that I feel more inter internally and so the reason I think he, he was originally a red panda and and that I kind of picked that not only do I just really like the species uh, of red pandas and it's a species that you just don't see very much of but I wanted I wanted my most playful uh, self to be something that is normally cute and cuddly but yes. also on a macro scale. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just love that juxtaposition, I guess, of of having a something that you don't normally think of as being, being big and, 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 and being big, yeah. Your tail can cuddle the world. Exactly. It's huge. <laughs> like, I just thought of a video that I saw once of uh, red pandas frolicking in the snow, and mm -hmm. I was in a puddle for a half hour straight. Yeah, I think I've seen that same video. Like, oh my god, it's just so cute. And I just imagine one being the size of... Have you checked your tail lately? I just imagine one being the size of a, of a mountain and doing that too. But sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, has has Quandry checked his tail lately? Oh. Might lose someone in there. Uh oh. Oh, there, there, there's always people to get lost. They eventually shake out, you know. But out pops a starry. Hi. <laughs> Gosh. But but you know, in addition to that, I think that there's a lot of like small parts to the to the species that I that I like that kind of make up the, the bigger whole. Like having a striped tail. Stripes are, are cool. I, I just I, I just like the idea of stripes, and and that kind of leads to my original uh, persona, Talon, the yes. you know, tiger. That was one of the things that kind of helped bridge the gap was the stripes, I guess, and, yeah. and also the fact that both are more Asian in in origin. At least the animals are Asian in origin, and mm -hmm. that they that that I I do have more of an affinity for that. That type, that culture, Asian culture in general. You're uh, an ache. Uh huh. A what? A what? An ache. An ache. Yeah. Elaborate. Yeah, I've Sorry. never heard that term before. <laughs> oh well. Um, there's this term here who we call who, which we use to refer to Asians who like oh. Western stuff. <laughs> we call them bananas. Oh. And so, so the other way, they are yellow outside. Yeah, okay, okay. So I, I, it's a I reverse guaylo. I get you. Gosh, or uh, no, I was gonna say gringo, but that's more demeaning in term. <laughs> I was gonna say reverse because it's not not the way you think it. It's the opposite. So, but oh well, moving on. Well, and in addition to you know the the whole. Asian connection, I guess. The re one of the part of the reason I originally chose a tiger was was, you know, I've always liked tigers, and one of the big characters. I remember when I was trying to trying to determine my original persona, I was sitting down with uh, Cryos, who was one of the guys who I probably the, the single most person responsible for getting me into the fandom in the first place back in back in mm -hmm. Orlando, and he. I remember him saying something about when I was trying to decide the type of character I wanted to be. Uh, was there any type of anthro character in you know literature or movies or whatever that I really kind of felt close to? And the one that, that kept coming to mind to me was Hobbes from, from Calvin and Hobbes. Yes. Of being someone who is 
very as as kind of almost a raw detached perspective on the world and can you know not necessarily be not necessarily pessimistic but but has yeah. kind of a realistic view but but also is not afraid to be really really loyal you know he's really loyal to 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 Calvin and mm-hmm. is you know is also has a has a kind of a fun animalistic side of of you know being able to to pounce Calvin on the as Calvin comes Gosh, in and, and, and still is very much a tiger while having a very human side to him as well. So, you know, that, that what is what led me to eventually developing my original persona as a tiger. And, and then the third character is, as uh, just to kind of summarize real quick, is Zacharin, the meerkat. And he's the newest character that I haven't really developed too much, but I'm kind of, is, is more of my angsty side, I guess my, whenever I get a, a little bit, you know, self-conscious or just just feeling yeah. a little bit of n- nervousness or, or or angst. I can't think of a better word than that. Or the immature maybe is is is, is, a, is maybe another good word of of being not not like playfully mm-hmm. immature, but but just yeah. where I I don't you know I, I'm I'm innocent. Eh, not even that, but okay, just younger. In yeah, general, j- just just or something. just not not younger able minded. to not able to handle. Well, okay. I, I, again, I, I can't think of a better word for it than, than just angst. <laughs> but but that that is the the okay. Zachron side, uh, I think, of me. I hardly yep. knew you, because I've actually not really a, uh, I've not really done a whole lot of role play and talk with you as you being a Zachron. Well, like so. I said, he's, he's he's the newest character, so. Yeah. And I'm still developing him. And you also, uh, there's something about him that's uh, unique. He has a collar that does. Special yeah, things. yeah. I mean, the whole idea, and I think the the reason that the, the well, the whole idea behind the collar is that it it's it's actually there's a little pendant on it, and it's something that a demon from you know ancient times, from you know Babylonian or Arabian times or whatever, was trapped in there. It was a, it was a size changing demon that had kind of wrecked havoc on on its wow. on its time and world, and they got trapped they were able to trap him into the pendant to kind of get rid of him. But that pendant, whoever wears the collar, it kind of gives him some control over it. And so Zachary found the collar. Zachary puts the collar on. Zachary now can't take the collar off because, you know, the, of, the, of the control yes. of the uh, the demon. And that mm-hmm. periodically that causes him to be pulled back in time to the time that the demon is from and also grown uh-huh. to much larger sizes. Huh, I didn't know that. So yeah, that, that and again, I'm still developing it and still trying to work with that, but that's the basic idea of of having growth that is, you know, unwanted yeah. and also out of out of his control. Of the, yeah. And what that would lead yeah. to someone who is already very in, in a state to where he is unsure of himself and is not oh. developed to the point to where he is comfortable in his own skin. Okay, so it's like a it's a double, not negative, but it's a double layer because it's like he's already not confident in himself, but here he is gigantic and a whole bunch of people looking at him like, oh my gosh, and now he's like, leave exactly. me alone because I don't want this. Yeah. So yeah, I understand. So it's it's more like the spotlight spectacle, stage fright style macro, in a sense. Like you have stage fright over being a macro as opposed to wanting to. Well, do it. it's so it's against. I wouldn't say 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 stage fright fright, but more of like angst and maybe even get get a little bit of anger because I think that's that's okay. where 
when, when that happens, you know, he's not so much going to go in, into hiding, but he's going to, you know, Zacharin is gets, you know, more upset he's gonna and, mope. and mope. Yeah, that's a good term. Yeah. And may even may Slump even get a little bit again. May even get a little bit rampagey or vory. Oh gosh. Okay. I, I understand the thinking and the reasoning behind it, but I I just can't imagine being mopey while huge. I just I can't because it's like, why wouldn't you just play? <laughs> Why would you just be, you know? I'm sure if you got used to it, though. I mean, I grow and shrink all the time. So when I'm sometimes when I'm huge, I normally try to shrink before I get. When I get not very, it's a rare thing. But when I get in a tie mood and I'm down, I try to shrink because sometimes things get broken that shouldn't. Well, that's the thing. Think about it. If it, if it's you know you're talking about being in your control. It, when it's out of your control and and you're being pulled that's to true. a completely strange place with people that you don't know and you know it's something that could, can be really mm-hmm. upsetting. And so that's kind of where I was trying to yeah. to take that. Okay, I got you. Huh? Definitely understand that. Huh. So I've talked a lot about yeah, myself. Cause... I want to I want to go ahead and, and move off of that at least for 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 now. Okay. So do either. We got our Why don't Jane? You haven't. Why don't you talk a little bit about what led you to developing your character the way the way that it is? Well, Jane at its, at her very beginning was a cat fox hybrid. That was back in the frame okay. of days. And then Pokemon Gold came out. <laughs> Pokemon Gold and Silver, the second game. And it was like an Espeon is like sort of like a cross between a cat and a fox. Yeah, I was I was almost thinking that when you said that. Yeah, so I went with Espeon. Also because in the Pokemon universe, Psychic comes with size change. Mm-hmm. So I also use that as a mechanism to circumvent sort of the square cube law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jane has sort of like an ambient psychic levitation field going on so she doesn't collapse under her own weight. Okay, and then like minimize is a psychic move in Pokemon too. <laughs> we all know what yep. that does. Nah. So used minimize, use stomp. We all know where that's going. <laughs> so yes, Pokemon is yeah, that's the basis for the character. So were you always a big fan of Pokemon, like even before Gold and Silver? I was actually on Furry Muck before I played Pokemon, and there was still in the red and blues, the red blue time. Because yeah, red and blue, red's and... the only one I've ever played back in I guess early or late nineties. Um, I never played any of the gold or anything yeah. beyond that. I stopped playing after gold, but yeah, gold. When gold came out, I was, I was like, I guess, fifteen, sixteen, or fourteen. Mm-hmm. And when new things come out, they're cool, so I just adopted it. <laughs> so that's interesting yeah. that you you you've adopted, you've kept a Pokemon-based character when it sounds like you're not necessarily a huge fan of the series, like a lifelong fan of the series. Uh, what has, you know, what has been about the, the Espeon that has that allowed that to endure for you so long? Yeah, what's the tie? Like, what's the connection? It's cat with a bit of fox. And it has split tails. Okay, so it goes back to those basics. And it has a split mm-hmm. tail, so it's like, there's this Asian sort of, mythical creature that when a cat reaches a certain age, its tail splits, it gains psychic powers. Yes, Kitsune. Or Kitsune. Uh, no. Kitsune oh. is the fox. Oh, so it's a, so oh, cat it's a version cat. is... Yeah. Okay. So that's the cat version of Kitsune. So oh. it sort of works. And the psychic thing helps with, with macro-micro plots. So it's, it sounds yes. like it was not so much the game itself, but more of the design of this specific uh, species 
or mm. Pokemon type. I don't know if species is right the right term for it or not. But but oh, yeah. that uh, that really drew you in. Is that right? Yep. And I just stuck with okay. it. It's an interesting backdoor twist to what we all know and love and see with Pokemon. It's not so much that it's a Pokemon or that you're a Pokemon. It's more the sense that the designers of Espeon put together something that was really appealing to you and that combined fox and cat in such a way that you were like, okay, mine. Okay, mine. Yep, basically. So, yeah. And also purple. Awesome. Purple is like the best color ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just trifecta on that. Goodness. It's like three things that just sold, sold, sold. Shut up and take my money or my soul or something. I don't know. An Espeon <laughs> fur is so sensitive it is used to sense air currents, allowing it to predict the weather as well as the actions of opponents of its opponents in battle. Huh. Just reading hmm. off of its Wikipedia page. Yes, I love all of those little uh, the little details and descriptions they have of the Pokemon because you can look at you can look at the stats, watch the show, read the manga, play the games, but there's also those little descriptions that they make about the characters too. And I always have fun just reading them. And, yeah, Espeon's definitely the elegant, super sensitive, super... Not sensitive in the sense of... Uh, super classy. Well, I'm sure you're gentle, too. But it's like you, you're a sensor. You can see things that others can't because you are so aware in perception, I guess. Like, your fur, since you can feel the wind currents, you have more of a... Just a psychic-mannered... Just air about you. So, that's interesting. So, is there potentially a intellectual connection there too? Like, are you? Would you consider yourself to be um, very intellectual? Would you consider yourself to be of a higher IQ? Have you tested or something? Because that might be a tie-in too. Nah, I just think that psychic types well, are the best types. I mean, you're obviously okay. intellectual <laughs> enough to be able to go through law school. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh gosh, you're smart. <laughs> don't be, don't be you're modest. Smart. <laughs> well, modesty is good, but just, you know, truth is also good. So. Yeah, speaking of which, law school is really great for macros, so in case you get in trouble, you can oh, get out of it. <laughs> can I hire you? Can you be my lawyer, please? Because I get here's, into a lot Here's the defense. Stop. Big Espion Paul <laughs> falls, falls down on the courtroom. It's like, does the defense have an argument? Stomp. Okay, court dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was... That was, I'll say that was a one-sided hearing right there. So I didn't know you were going to law school. That's cool. But no, he, yeah, he, he graduated as a lawyer. He, or he's, yeah, he's, oh. he is a lawyer. Oh, wow. oh you are yeah, a so, lawyer. Yeah. Ooh. yeah, I definitely need your help then, please. Help me. Well, I don't, Be I don't, my I phoenix right, uh, please. I don't think he's, 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 he would still have to pass the, the bar in, uh, in, in the U.S., you know. <laughs> I'll just hire you, though. Anywho, uh, so we've talked about myself and we've talked about Jane. What about what about Mr. Chirpbutt? What about you, Kenson? Well, I am going to make this as not elaborate as possible because, you know, I've, I've told people this before and I've gotten a lot of practice with it because it truthfully, it's my testimony too. Ever since I was really, really young, just a wee little stompy cub, um, there was something that I had about me, like, in my heart and things that I could never explain. And that is, for the longest time, ever since, like, age two was when it was first known to my parents and my family, I have had this insatiable love for cheetahs. I could not 
shut up about them. I couldn't stop talking about them, even when I was barely able to speak. I knew the word cheetah. I knew what they looked like. I loved them. We went to the Columbus Zoo, and I was absolutely enamored. I just wanted, like, cheetahs, go see the cheetahs! And I didn't want to see anything else. As soon as we saw them, I just wanted to stay there. And then I was like, no, we're done. I don't see anything else. <laughs> so I was completely and utterly enamored by them all my life, and am. And I never could explain it. I had no basis for which to go off. And every single time I had, like, a report that I could choose the subject on, like, in any class, I would always do cheetahs. I would always do them. And I knew, like, I, I have so much head knowledge about cheetahs, like, random knowledge that people are like, why do you, why do you care? Why do you know that? Because I'm like, because it's cheetahs! And so I could never explain that. And so I'm going all, my whole life, you know, I'm going through school, going through high school, uh, I told you like a little bit earlier in the podcast, and I've said it before, when I was 13, I found the Phantom for the mm-hmm. first time. Before that, when it comes to being macro, Godzilla was my biggest influence. But until then, because I saw what macro fairies were, and then as soon as I see that, and actually, truthfully, I believe it was Rogue, was the first macro furry I ever saw. So, once I saw that, I'm like, you sold me. Are you kidding? Paws, giant, stomping, Fantastic. So I was on board with that in my mind. But I was so worried all the time about how people would look at me. I was so downright afraid, and I had absolutely no confidence when it, come, when it came to who I am, what I believed in, what anything was within me. And I was always trying to fit into crowds, fit into groups that you know never would really accept me for who I am. So it wasn't until... I graduated from high school, and I go to Cedarville University. All this time, I still have this love for furries inside that I, back then, knew I would never tell anyone because it was just too weird. I I couldn't bring myself to tell anyone because I was terrified of what they would think about me. Like, oh, we're going to put you in a psychic ward now because you're downright crazy. So I go to Cedarville. I'm there. I end up failing failing out of college after one semester, and... It's because I was a mess. I had no self-motivation. I had no drive. I had no confidence. I had no responsibility, no maturity. I was a 10-year-old in a 19-year-old's body. And so when that moment happened, when I finally had to tell my parents that I had just put them $15,000 in the hole because of my lack thereof, fill in the blank of whatever it was, there's a lot, it came to that point in my life where it just hit rock bottom, and I, I didn't know what else to do. So that night, I did the only thing I knew I could do. I'm, I was born and raised in a Christian home. I was taught about God from a very early age, from, I was, from when I was born. I knew about what he could do, and I just I only knew it. I never really knew him. So that night, I, as much of a mess as I was, as big as a crap ball I was I just threw myself at his feet I said you gotta help me if you're there you gotta help me because I'm I'm dying and I can't go on anymore so when that happened I finally for the first time in my life actually felt the Holy Spirit and it was he's amazing because he did something inside of me that I could never do myself he gave me confidence he gave me life. I mean, he gave me things I never thought I could ever have. And it was the day after 
all of that happened. I made the account, and I talked with you shortly after, Big Brother. Because I never had any thoughts of making a fursona at all. I never really thought I would have one because I was never going to tell anyone I was a furry. But then I, st then I start trying to make it shortly after that, and I got frustrated. Because I was going through species, like popular ones, fox, kangaroo, you know, others, and none of them stuck. So then I'm like, why is this not working? Like, I thought this was going to be the giant transition. The, oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. And none of, it was just frustrating. And so he nudges me and says, just ask me. And I let it go. Just like I did the night before, I let it go. And I said, what do you want me to be? It's like I forgot. Because at that very moment, I remembered that I've loved cheetahs my entire life. I had I had completely forgotten that I had loved cheetahs and have this part of my heart for cheetahs that I had never been able to explain before. It was it's more than just a character. It's it, Kenson is more than just a character to me. He's more than just you know a, a representative of who I am. He is me, but he's more than me. He's Christ in me because Kenson Shimobi, the name Kenson Shimobi, is also something I didn't come up with. I asked him again, after trying to come up with a name. And in traditional Japanese, Kensen Shimobi means humble servant. So everything I am when it comes to being a furry, who I am, everything about me, I was never a furry before. You wouldn't know me right now if I hadn't gone to Christ that night. I would be nothing without him. So he's the absolute reason, and I am his humble servant, Kensen Shimobi. And I will never have another character I call myself as, except for Adrian Morris, just a character, though. But when it comes to that, Kenson, I am not just a character. It's me. Like, who I am, him inside of me. So I know that description was long. I, that's truthfully, I try to make it as short as possible. But that's it. So. Yay! All right. Sorry about uh, that. <laughs> well, it's, it's always good to have a pure... I guess reason, yeah. uh, or, or or cause, or, or you know transformation, if you want to even call it that, for what has has led you to this. Yeah. I definitely love thinking about it as a transformation, <laughs> most definitely. Because I think that so many people get into the furry community, and they, you know, it, it's just a passing interest, and and eventually those people end up moving on. Yeah. And I think that's all. That's one of the reasons why the furry community is young yes. you know relatively speaking yep. you know there there are, it definitely seems to be skewed more towards you know people in their teens because they're exploring their interests and they're mm -hmm. they're you know it's it's curious and it's a little bit you know it, it's it's a little bit within it's on the age the, the the eyes of childhood childhood but it's also a little bit risque so mm -hmm. you know it's it it, it kind of does straddle that but because it doesn't mean that much to them mm -hmm. you know a lot of, a lot of people once they you know get to college or, or beyond uh, end up moving on and i think that when you have a, an experience that is so personal that's something that you you'll never yeah you know, it'll, it'll always be a part of you you'll never move on from yep and that's actually i've heard both sides of the spectrum i've heard people and i've actually witnessed you know close friends of mine who aren't part of the fandom anymore but yet i keep up with them still it was just that phase it was just that passing that thing that they use to get more social, to meet friends and things. 
but then they moved on. Then I've met others who have similar instances as me, but maybe in different ways and more or less. And Eco actually brought up the term one time. I was talking with her, and she said, you're more of a spirit fur in that sense. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, you basically aren't just a character. It's who you are. You're a furry at heart. You're not just, you know, here for the stuff. You're here because it's who you are. And that's basically exactly it. I will never outgrow the fandom. And there's actually a, something blotched it. There was a piece of art. It basically is um, furry lifestyle. It's, it's not something that is just something you do to do. It's actually a part of you. But I, I think I view it in a different way. Because when I see furries, when I see you guys, when I see everything about being a furry, I see it for the innocence, the purity, the, the, the not so much... Um, the negative. I like. I never see negative in the fandom. I never see negative in life in general. But when it comes to being a furry, I never see the negative, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that, because, I mean, to me, it's, it's not just a thing that you can play with. It's not just a atmosphere that you can go to when you want to, you know, be comforted or hang out or have fun. There are both good and bad to it, and I embrace both. So it's not just a toy. It's, to me, through Jesus Christ, it's my life. He is my life, and this is where he has brought me to. I, I mean, I have never met anyone before. I'm not trying to add dramatic or drama to it. I never had any friends before. I never had anyone I could call friends who were actual friends and didn't want just something I had. Like, they actually want to be and hang out with me. And now I have you and Jane and everyone, Eco and Chase and ugh, just, it's such a blessing. You guys are so amazing. So, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, at this point, I think we can go ahead and, and move on. I know we've been running real long now. Go ahead and move on to the the mer segment the the shout outs for our artists that okay. uh, we want to get yeah as the guest jane do you want to go first with that i would actually like to plug this artist called boki b o k i yes oh boki yep so for affinity dot net slash user slash bookie. I may or may not be watching right now. I don't think you are, Kenson. Oh, you're, watching, you're starting to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'm pulling up my phone. <laughs> he does. Nice macros. Probably more human-like than the normal intro. Hmm. The normal intros and furries. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he has this whole Ultraman thing going on, too. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yep. His, he has... He had a couple of characters up for Adoptables, and one of them was from this EGF kind of fictional organization, and basically an Ultraman. Hmm. Okay. So let me ask you this, uh, Jane. What would you say, the percentage of the pictures, it looks like there's about 30 pictures in his gallery or so on FA. What would you say the, the percentage of those that you commissioned him for? Because <laughs> looking at it, I would say at least 10, at least... Ten of them are, are pictures with 
Aww. with one of your characters or, or, or ones that you may have commissioned him for? No, not ten. Uh, <laughs> six. Yeah, see, may, maybe six. seven. Six. Okay. <laughs> A lot of the older ones from, from the earlier part of the gallery, but... Bokey oh, actually has been actually been around for a while. He had, he probably had an old gallery, but sort of like deleted it and have and uploaded new pictures for a while. Well, I know that there was a, a gap within the past, almost not not quite maybe the full year, but 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 around the past full year where there was just not much of anything going on with with his FA account. At least I, I don't know if he was posting stuff elsewhere. And then in the past couple of weeks, it looks like he's kind of come back with. Back with a vengeance and got had a couple of YCH auctions. Bigger and, and better than yep. ever, Star. And is now uh, apparently uh, uh, doing more art with his mac macroptables, uh, adoptable oh, kind of chibi type uh, type macros. Yeah, adoptable macros. And, yep. Here's a leash. Who and, wants them? <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully he'll open up for you know commissions. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely one of the ones that. I know the, the, the YCH auctions, the two that he posted for, for in the past couple of weeks, those spots, at least the macro spots, mm -hmm. filled up Wait, you're so talking about really Miami? quickly at, at a really high buyout. They were the, He had buyouts for them, and they were both, the buyouts were both like over $100. Wow. And within, I, I remember the first one, I think it got posted at like 2 a.m. Central Time, I think, and and the buyout was was taken both buyouts or, or, or almost all the buyouts were taken in the within like two or three hours wow that's 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 the dream with the ych auction i guess so the moral of that story is if you want to get into one of boki's auctions don't sleep <laughs> yeah and it's a bit annoying because i live on the other side of the world whenever commission uh -huh. slots open or ych open up i always miss them oh well you're not going to be living so far from out of skew of that because you're moving to the uk so it's still about seven hours difference, I think. Right? Well, yeah, but so so you get you get half of the time back. <laughs> well, that's better than nothing. Me personally, I like to just stomp to one of the other time zones and then shrink down, sit on a park bench, ticka 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 ticka, ticka and then done. Okay, go home. Because when you're in the time zone, you has a time advantage. And I guess another uh, combination or, or thing in common, excuse me, that you have with Boki, I know his his main character is also uh, Pokemon based, right? Toast. His character's yeah. name is Toast? I think that's the character he plays, at least one of the characters he plays most often. Uh, I don't remember what type of Pokemon, because again, I'm not much into Pokemon um... as far as the knowledge of it, but do you know what type of, of character? Let's see. There's, yeah, I think looks it's... Like it's some sort of dragon. Um, not a dragon. It's the, one of the starters for Pokemon Raid. It's a Charizard. Char oh, it's a Charizard. Char Charizard. That's right. Yeah. Yes. 115 foot tall Charizard. <gasps> What? Mer. That's fantastic. Because Charizard's one of my favorite Pokemon of all time. Arcanine is my absolute favorite. Charizard comes in an easy second. So You like fire types. Yes. I uh although when I took the Pokemon quiz, I'm a water um I'm a water type when I took the Pokemon quiz. So I do love the fire types though. Well, you know, I, I think I would have to be a fire type, judging based on, uh, yeah. you know, being a, a fire fox. <laughs> and the fact that you can shoot fire out of your, your. Well, yes, that's pads. that's exactly what, that's what I'm referring no, to. Okay. <laughs> the fire fox. All right. Uh, so that's Boki, and again, Boki's also one that I followed for a while and am very much a fan of. So I'm, I definitely approve of of your, uh, of your more shout out there. 
Mara Three, two, one. Mara. We need to have some sort of. I go ahead and give it the Tripzilla stomp of approval too. So go ahead and and Kinson, do you have someone in mind that you would like to talk about? Oh yeah, sure do. DNA, <laughs> gosh, DNA Palmhead. We talked about DNA Palmhead though last week huh? a little bit. Oh yeah, we we, we talked. We, we about, mentioned him at the beginning. Yeah, we were throwing out our condolences and our love and our huge mega smooshy cuddles too. But I want to actually do an actual shout out because while I haven't gotten to know you a whole lot. From the things that I have said to you and from what you've said back and the fact that, you know, you just, you're incredible <laughs> and everything, like DNA, all of the props to you. Because, I mean, your art is fantastic. Your attitude is fantastic. You're just, you're completely, you're a sweetheart. You, when I first um, went to his page, like I found it on FA, I'm like, good Gosh, look at all his page views. I'm like, okay, so he's probably really busy. I'm going to go ahead and leave a shout, but I'm not going to expect anything back. Not even like an hour after that. He's like, oh my gosh, thanks for the watch. You're so amazing. I'm like, what? DNA? <laughs> You're amazing. So, and I actually knew who he was, but didn't know who he was for a while. Because we talked in the last podcast about uh, free, uh, free lunch. Make sure I get it right this time. The comic mm -hmm. Free Lunch. I had read that back in my lurker days. I didn't know that was DNA, though. So I instantly was like, oh my gosh, so yay, squee! And then we were talking just a little bit, but then we both separated. And then he was at Anthrocon. I swear I said hi and hugged him, though. I want to say I did, so I will. But just the biggest shout-out ever, because, I mean, while an artist may not ever reach the end, like, you're never going to be a complete and total master of art, because there's always stuff to learn. You are extremely advanced, sir. You have many years under your belt... I don't even know how many thousands of pieces of art you've done. I mean, and you're just, you're fantastic in every sense of the word. So I want to give a huge shout out and smooshes under huge paws and everything because you definitely deserve it. And also, I haven't been able to stop thinking uh, about the last episode when Tyrion was like, we're going to pump your ass. <laughs> I, I've actually, uh, okay, at work today, I said that to my boss. Basically, I was like, because Ron always has this thing. He says, like, are you pumped for the night? I'm like, oh, yeah, Ron, we're going to pump your ass. <laughs> so, yeah, DNA, love you. That's my shout out. And, and, and you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting that you bring him up today, because just in the past couple of hours, uh, he's posted a, a new mm -hmm. it's it's actually it's not a kick it's it's like a kickstart, but it's through a website. Yes. Um, offbeater.com, which I think is an adult version of a Kickstart, from what I can tell. Never heard of it before this, but uh, it does seem to be like an 18 plus site. But it's basically about his macro file, uh, choose your own adventure story thing that he was talking about, uh, he, that he's been talking about. He has a link to it in his journal, but it's only been up there for a few hours, and it's already achieved 85% of its $1,500 goal. Nice. So. Wait, he's, uh, only... he's still got 30 days to go, but but as long as he gets another about seven or about 250 dollars, I think that'll be uh, that'll come come through. Wait, how long has the Kickstarter been going? Because if he just post... uh, just a few hours, and it's already 85 percent there, it's already at, at yeah 12 uh, 1,277 dollars. Oh, okay, that's through 16 supporters. So I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, there's been people that have put a, a, a good deal of money towards yeah, it. Yeah, but it's just in a matter of hours. That's that's most successful kickstarter ever 
So he may be, be able to put a little bit more into uh, his his art than he was initially planning on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and if you guys want to go support him, if it's still going on by the time we're finished with this, because it'll probably be done by then. But if you want to go help, I mean, well, no, I mean, it's up for thirty days. So, so okay, you know, it, it, it'll st anything that goes the way these work. I'm, I'm not sure about this site, but the way these typically work is that any. A thing above that still gets to go to the artist, okay. and they can use it to make a better project. Cool, very nice. All right, and so as far as for my uh, about your... Mer, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin today. Have you heard of Bitcoin, Kenson? Uh, sounds familiar. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, so so I'm I'm keeping my streak alive of yeah. talking about people who you do not follow. You just <laughs> you have all the ones I don't know. <laughs> Which is interesting because you follow like. Ten times more people than I do. I know, I but I just—I guess we we attract slash go to different crowds. So Bitcoin is someone who the reason I think I initially started watching him. There was a picture. It's actually interesting because it's because it's a picture of a female fox growing within a a lab or a a room. I guess I'm not sure if it's a, it's a wait lab a minute. Just... I think I know. I'm, I'm typically not into female. As far as like you know, giants or anything like that at all, you know, as as someone who is very much exclusively gay and 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 much more interested in male characters, but the way that the interaction, the way that this this character is, you know, the expression on her face and the you know, going up against the ceiling and, and the fave. characters that she is. Uh, Kind of almost crushing, not crushing, but like you know, getting oh, that's getting adorable. overgrown on top of. Yeah, I'm looking it is, at it is right adorable. Now. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and I just saved it. Yeah. And and I think that that I may have I think I've seen a little bit of Bitcoin before that, but that was one of the ones that really got me interested into looking at the rest of of his gallery. Mm -hmm. And he does have definitely a lot of both size play as well as just you know standard non size play art in there. And it's all stuff that is just uh, really fun and really mm -hmm. has a bit of a cartoonish element to yes, it. Yes, that was the first thing I noticed, besides the pause. Yeah, and, and and I think that's one of those things that you know is is always good compared to some of the other artists who aren't maybe not as quite as cartoony. It, it sets him apart a little bit mm -hmm. in my eyes. He also has an element of of video games. I think he obviously with the name Bitcoon, you know, you would kind of expect that. Mm -hmm. But he does get into uh, video game art, I think, on, on his personal or, or maybe work-related thing. I'm not exactly sure. Yes, yes. And that does come through in a lot of his characters. He has he did a bunch of stuff for Bowser Day, a bunch of art. Mm -hmm. I saw that, too. With Bowser, as well as I think I saw him something from related to Metroid. Maybe that was not him. But, hmm. There needs to be a furry but, Metroid. But, uh, you know, the, the, the art is interesting. The... the it's fun, and, and there's just a lot of cool different scenes that are right up my alley that I think he uh, he depicts there, and so that's why I that's why he earned my watch, and that's why he earns my Mer shout out of the the week. Yay! Way to go, Bitcoin! Oh, he, has, he has a Fallout one too. I just noticed that. Hmm? <laughs> oh, he has a Fallout a Fallout three piece of art too. <gasps> okay, so with the raccoon. Oh, that's so cute! The raccoon in the jumpsuit with the gun on his back. So I also. I'm also. I also have a thing for raccoons, so that probably Aww. helps. Too. You and ringtails. <laughs> it's official. Yes. <laughs> the American. The American red panda. Yes. All right. So in order for us to try to avoid a two-hour podcast, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to make to, it grow. No. Let's go ahead and move on to the. 
listen to communication, listen to feedback. Because we're recording this early, we don't have a huge amount, Email. but we did get a couple of emails. Let's keep going in five. Oh, I want to play You Don't Know Jack now. I did see we got something from uh, Mataki Wolf that's not really answering the question, but from Twitter it says, uh, enjoyed the last podcast, always like hearing about macro math, keep it up, <laughs> and thanks for the mention, Tiern. Yes. Aw. Yes. So we do have an email here in from Makaze, uh, Makaze, Makaze. Mm -hmm. Do you know how that's pronounced, Jane? Mikaze, Mikaze, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I know you, you at least you at least know him, right? <laughs> yep. Okay, so we did get an email in from him. Uh, we're trying to answer the question about the uh, the jobs, which is interesting because he actually sent an email like right before I posted the podcast, the, the day of, yeah. uh, that I posted the episode, and uh, basically he was wanting to see if we could talk about macros in the workforce, macros and micros in the workforce, and we totally did it. <laughs> Yeah, Yay! even even though we had already recorded that, that was, that was something we had already incorporated. Oh, it's like, well, wait for it, because it's coming. <laughs> exactly. So his email, he says, uh, you gents asked what my dream job would be if I were the size of my characters. Well, to be honest, I'd go into rescue and construction work. My size would easily put me on par with most construction equipment, yes. but there'd be a lot more dexterity and such for delicate work and fine detail. I know how you feel. A sinking ship would be little issue when you can just carry it back to shore. Mm -hmm. On a less serious note, I'd also do landscape work. You'd be able to do so many th neat things that would take months, like paw-shaped ponds or lakes, among other things. Oh my gosh. How on earth did he just say, like, five things that I either A, am doing, or B, have done, or C, are in the works? Because you're a hyper-cheater who has all of the different ideas. Uh. Well, no, just, I mean, he mentioned the whole construction thing. I'm like, yes, I is the cat crane. And then he mentioned, um, like, the whole, the, the carrying the ships back uh, from the waters. And I sort of said something before we started recording about if someone's tree falls in their backyard, instead of calling someone to take it away, like, chop it down, you could just call your friendly neighborhood macro and have them just take it away, use it as a toothpick, eat it like broccoli, or just dispose of it. And it'd be easier. But then also, what he said about making paw-shaped ponds and lakes, I'm getting a piece of art from Noms that is... I'll just let you guys wait for it and see it, because it's that so it's idea. it's about paw-shaped ponds and lakes? It's more... <laughs> well, I guess I'll just spill it, since I already kind of did. Uh, it's about... Um, I go... Since it's summertime, I go and you just stomp in everyone's backyard. And then there's a there's a crew of you know, normal size, which are tiny furs that are following me and creating pools out of those prints for everyone to have a pool. So paw pools? Yes. Awesome. Yep, so I'm just like, gosh, how did you do that? I don't know if the ground in uh, in Texas is uh, mm -hmm. moist enough for you to be able to, I can make, to make much of a lasting impact. I, I could definitely, I could, I could, I could make it work. So <laughs> um, I actually got a tweet from Adrian Moore. <laughs> Gosh. So, if we didn't mention it already, uh, to those who are listening, I have a character by the name of Adrian Moore, and there is someone who follow, who followed me on Twitter, who's also a macro, who also listens to the podcast, whose ears perked super high when he heard that, because he tweeted me and said, my name is Adrian Moore, and it's actually his real life name. So, I'm like, how, what? It was like a week before. So... I have a Skorka character named Adrian Moore. 
and he is Adrian Moore. So anyway, he tweeted, um, he's a he's a fox, I believe. By the way, please forgive me if mm-hmm. I got that wrong. Yeah, he's a fox. Okay, so he tweeted he's and said, another fox. micro job, uh, a desk assistant, keeping the desk tidy, keeping the things tidy, and have uh, have to pull what you need. So basically, having a tiny little, you know, desk assistant for when you're on the job. The neat little one for a micro. And there's some other ones he sent too. He said, as a micro, maybe a dollhouse bed tester or possibly a test driver for remote control cars. Uh, I think that was... Yeah, I think that was it. Okay. So well, and then we also... What was that? Oh, for a micro job, I was just going to think of keyboard cleaner. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes! Get a tiny Swiffer, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes! There's a commercial the about that. <laughs> Or even just like a general uh, computer technician. I mean, yes. uh, as someone who has done you know that kind of stuff in the past, I have big clumsy fingers, and I'm not. <laughs> and because of that, you know, I, I it's harder to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it is something that you know being a micro could probably help as long as you don't land on the wrong part of the the logic board or the power supply and fry yourself. Yeah. Well, I actually, since I grow and shrink, um, I need to start being micro more. I I am definitely way more macro than micro. I kind of want to switch it. Because, you know, why not spend a couple of days being, or more than that, being a couple inches tall? I think I will. I pulled up a list of commission ideas that I type. I have a, a thing in my notes on my phone that when I whenever I get an idea, I type it down. So that I never forget it. <laughs> so there was that one about being the computer repair, computer repair cat. And then you could just go inside and you can actually fix things with um, them being life-size as opposed to after having to worry about a microchip being micro. But then there's, um, then there's like, some others. Mm, well, on. we don't want to go too much in that. I mean, we're already almost at two hours here. And, okay. You know, so, so I, I mean, I know, I know that That's okay. I'm not trying to cut you off. I just, it's okay. I understand. No, don't worry. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. Uh, but I do want to do one more email. We got an email in from Kindle. I know Kindle was yes. uh, the shout out from last week, and he uh, wanted to answer the, some of the questions we asked at the end. The, both the where would you write on a macro, which no one else seemed to ask no. answer. I mean, no. and what would the job be? Yes. Now the answer, in answer to the first question, you know, I'd want to write on his, and then no wrong censored, dirty retracted. Wow. I think that uh, he was kind of going off the same idea that that I was kind of trying to, to allude to a, a little bit last week. But it seems like there would be a nice bouncy swaying motion to it. <laughs> and uh, as for the second question, though, he would be in advertising, of course. Everyone would be looking at the 100-foot tiger, so why not hang a billboard around his neck? Fantastic. Actually, actually, I was working on a fan service to that effect. Uh, a security guard is given extra stretchy briefs so that, he, that when he gets used as a lab rat and grows huge, he can preserve his modesty and advertise for the company. Huh. That's, that's well, I suppose sports goods companies would be full of that. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. I also just got an idea of a macro wearing boots that the boots have letters on the bottom of them so that when you stomp the prints say the letters. <laughs> it's like forced advertising. Forced advertisement. Would those boots be from uh, Duolith yes. uh, boots and footwear? Yes. Duolith boots and footwear. I need to So get let's them. go ahead and uh, we want to uh, give at least one question here for people to respond to for this next episode does anyone have an idea for a good question Hmm. well when you have any type of house that you live in like an apartment or a house or something 
Would you prefer having a house that you could grow out of and you could completely destroy, yet when you return it's completely back to normal? Or would you rather have a house that you can make grow and shrink with you? Or you can shrink inside of it and it be huge and vice versa. So would you rather have a house or a living quarters that that size shifts with you? Or with would you rather have a house that uh, is static in its size that you can completely destroy, just explode out of, but yet when you get back, it's completely intact? And you can't have both. You need to pick one or the other and why. Well, so to answer that, I would say that I, I mean, I definitely am much more into the destruct the explodey out of house <laughs> um, option. You know, I think that, uh, especially knowing that it would come back the way it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I macros don't belong indoors. <laughs> yes, in my mind, that's true. So, so it, it's one of those things that you know the the the, the most myrrh inducing part mm-hmm. of of growth is is like outgrowing. You know, whether it's clothes or outgrowing a building yes. or or whatever. I don't follow this system. Blah! Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and not that I would want to initially intentionally cause too much destruction, but yeah. again, knowing that the the house would come back the way it was before, I think that would make it all the all the cooler for that. What about you, Jane? I would actually go with a size changing house. Yes. That way yep. you could connect people home. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Have little people home, or or people that were normally not little, but yeah, in your house, uh, but little. little in your house, mm-hmm. yeah. and you can force them to clean your keyboard. Oh yes, <laughs> like have an army of tiny Swiffer wielding micros. Like, go, go forth, all the dust. So. What about you, Canson? Well, I trapped myself in my own question, <laughs> truthfully, because I I do lean more towards the side of having a house. That grows and shrinks with me. However, I will probably come over to your house <laughs> and grow out of it. Because I do have the extreme affinity of exploding out of things. Just ex- just growing out of it, whether on purpose or accident. Because, I mean, I- I'm a sleep grower. So there's times when my parents end up bonking me on the nose, like running the car into my cheek. And, like, flat, like headlights blaring. It's like, you just... Your paws are outside again. Get a grip on this. Because I'm, I'm a sleep grower and a sleep stomper and things. So having a house I could explode out of would be fun. But it's also safer that it's, you know, it grows and shrinks with me. But also, I thought of the definition of an explosion. And the definition of an explosion is something that gets really big really fast. <laughs> so just as a little added touch. Exactly. Going going out bigger and bigger and outer and outer and yep. causing more and more pause to push things away. Yes. So an explosion is technically uh, macro energy. Yay. I need to wield it inside. And then... <laughs> Alright, so if you have an answer to that question and, and a reason for, for so, please send it to us either on our Twitter account at SizeMattersCast or mm-hmm. email us uh, at mail at SizeMattersPodcast.com yes. Or size matters podcast at gmail.com yes. if either of those go to the same box. Mm-hmm. And also, I kind of left that question linear. If you guys have a tweak to it or you have an idea to make it a little more open ended, I don't want it to be sure. so, you know, concrete. You must answer one or the other. Like, if you guys have any ideas to tweak it to make it more open ended, go for it. Because that was an idea that just literally shot through my mind and I was like, okay, why not? Well, I could also have multi size housing. <laughs> 
like different rooms in your house, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, or like a dollhouse that works on your desk. Oh gosh! So you have a house sitting. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's Inception that's... house. Houseception. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh! And you shrink so, down and go to that house, and that has a little house inside of it. And then that dollhouse has a house inside of that dollhouse. Oh gosh! What have we done? What have we just <laughs> created? <laughs> Yay! Uh, oh well. So uh, before we just move on real quick, I do want to say I know Dragonian. Uh, you, you did write in. I, 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 I know I said earlier I think Kindle was the only one who answered the question about where you want to write on. Dragonian did answer that as well. Uh, okay. uh, but because we've written, we've read Dragonian's email so much on the you. podcast. I want to try to, to to go a week without that, even though we're mentioning him now, so he at least gets his mention. We have for to the go week. a week without the big D. Seriously. At least for this week, we'll we'll, we'll go back and yeah. maybe read some more from him next week. He's like he's else. he's got his face buried in his paws and he's crying. We got to be fair, yeah. <laughs> and we've already gone like way over time that, than than we normally are. It so. is it is getting uh, pumped up. It's growing. Yeah, so now is going to be the time to go ahead and call the podcast to a close. Yay! And no. To say goodbye to everybody, but only goodbye for a week because we will be back next week. And I do want to thank uh, Jane. For, Goodbye. For dropping for in with us. us. You're amazing. Oh, no, not forever. Not forever. Goodbye until you're back and until you're in the Goodbye. UK. And, I will come and get then you. You can uh, you can podcast and we can talk about fish and chips when you're when you're in the yes. UK. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to go. Giant grabby paws. I want to go. But yeah, I hope you had fun, Jane. I, I did want to thank you again and and uh, hope to see you around the podcast well realm soon. Yes, yes, yes. You are a downright pleasure and a blast. Need to start talking with an English accent for when you get there. Need to start training you. <laughs> get your ear ready for it. <laughs> All right. So for that, uh, with that, it's time for us to go ahead and say goodbye. And I thank you all for listening. And we will see you all again on the next episode of Size Matters. Bye, everyone. Keep calm and stomp your paws. Bye. Two point five.